Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we talked about arguably Tarantino's masterpiece, Pulp Fiction. But do we have a giant killer on our hands today? Will this be the story of the little movie that could? Because coming out swinging is 1999's Doug Lyman directed Go. Are you a virgin? What? Come on, Claire. Answer the question. Answer the question, Claire. Oh. Uh, I club, I get it. Don't say anything. Try not to look so stoned. Then I get there and, I don't know, this girl's brother has already, you know, come through with it, so... I understand that. Okay. Let me just, um, you know, fill out a return slip here, and I'll have the manager give you a refund. So which triple bill of this week's double bill will end up top of the bill? We'll have a winner at the end of the show. So let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. Speak. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crumpton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to part two of this week's Clash is Pulp Fiction versus Go. What a clash. Chris would normally do a review here, but I just asked him before the episode started. He's forgotten. No problem. He's forgotten, so we're just going to get straight into it. I remember this. to do a quiz. Right, do you want to do the quiz now? No. Okay, fine. Right. Do I'll... you want a beer? <laughs> <laughs> I know you want to open one. Open them. Yeah, go on. I mean, I'll carry on while you open them. Yeah. yeah. The, qu- the quiz might work during the film. You'll okay. see. You'll yeah. see. During what film? You'll see. All right. Fine. Okay. So, on Monday, we got <clears> pulped <throat> by Chris, which means today, I'm going to take you on a journey. Let's go. 
Ronna is going to be evicted and needs money, so when a couple of actors ask for 20 hits of ecstasy, she sees an opportunity. Cue the Macarena in a fruitile, cats that can read your thoughts, cops selling Amway, tantric sex, strip clubs, car chasers. In fact, you know what? I'm wasting my time. Welcome to probably one of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> Clash Butters, for your consideration, the masterpiece Thank you. that is Go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is what I thought a long time ago. <laughs> uh, all right, OK. So uh, let's talk about our histories with this movie. I'll yep. start. Uh, v, how many times did you <laughs> knock, knock on my door at Goldsmiths to find me high watching Go? 20, 30? Oh, it's more than that. It is. I, well, it's definitely more than once a week mm. for two, three years. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it just is. And sometimes I think you'd finish it and you'd be like, I'm just going to put that on again. Probably. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. Uh, thing is, I was always very high, so this was a first watch for me. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you're right, though. Go is the movie that I have seen literally more than any other film in existence by quite some way. Yep. I would schedule this into any night we were going out. I'd schedule in time to watch this yep. before we went to a party. Or obviously, start a personal party, bang on go, oh, yeah. then go to the actual party uh, I, I, I had the VHS of this so weirdly as well as this being the most watched movie of my life uh, the three music videos that were on the VHS before the movie no doubt new Lion Rock and uh, the Steppenwolf cover yeah. I, they're the most watched music videos of my life <laughs> so they're a big deal uh, the thing is I have not watched this since then since then like no, just either. one day pfft, Stopped. You'd add enough, I guess. Well, I, do you know what I think it you is? Cold turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I, I was um, I was worried about watching it again because maybe I didn't want to a see a movie that I loved as much as I did back then and go, wow, what mm. did I see in this? But also, fucking. 25 years of nostalgia unloading over the course of two hours. I've never been ready for that. No. So this was that time. This is the first watch in 25 years of the most watched movie of my life. It's a big week for me. Yeah. Big week. You. So I've seen it. I, well, not as many times as you have. You've seen me watch it, though. I have, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was in the room, but then I wasn't. Because there are a lot, there's so much of it. That, that makes two people who weren't really in <laughs> Honestly, the guy came in and I was like, I'm bored. You're not speaking. So go. <laughs> Your mouth's moving, but you're not speaking. <laughs> Why are you not talking to me? <laughs> I'm bored. So I think I left. But what I, I was not, I didn't, I don't know. It would just be too much to go back to that. Like Your room is so clear in my head and I can see you watching this film so clearly that I just felt like a bit of a, yeah, a big rush. So what I've done is I've just skirted around that nostalgia and gone, I never th in all my life if you could go back in time and say hello younger Vicky one day you'll yeah. talk about this film in public for attention essentially <laughs> and, 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 that's a mental. and a tiny bit of money <laughs> a tiny bit of money and I would have said get away with you no chance <laughs> alright so we kind of have dream, a share dream, dreams do come true <laughs> What we're Dream, saying. young Vicky. Fate. <laughs> Redemption. We have a shared history then with this movie. Yes. Chris, what's your story with Go? So, um, I was the biggest fan of the film Swingers. Yes, I don't no. think anyone on the planet liked that film more than me in the mid-1990s. And so I was very excited about Go coming out. It came out this, just after I left uni in 1999. Um, 
And I said I watched Reservoir Dogs in a brand new cinema that had opened in Croydon, the David Lean, this art and cinema. I went to watch Go at the David Lean Cinema, and it was the first time I'd ever gone to the cinema by myself. What? Yeah. Wow, this movie is so special for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Especially Vicky. Because <laughs> I, I didn't know anyone that would actually want to go see it with me, and I was so excited, and I went in there. It's quite a small cinema anyway, uh, but I was the only person. And again, that's another experience, being the only person in cinema, until just as the credits started up, a very, very, very old lady walked in Wowzers. and sat right behind me. <laughs> and I was just and so uncomfortable. the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, I could just feel her eyes burning into my, into my head. Because like, it's, it's, it's sex and drugs and it's, it's just all these things. And I just thought, what does she think? Is she judging me? And it almost ruined the experience <clears> for me. But I loved the film dearly with all my heart. With people, why? Do people do that when it's? I mean, I it's sure it's a small cinema, but why sit like to creep the fuck out? Like, like sitting that close to the only other person. Yeah, I've had it once where I was watching the Mothman prophecies, <laughs> and like ding ding ding, <laughs> someone comes in and sits next ding, to ding, me. Ding. <laughs> it's a klaxon, not a bell. <laughs> hey. Did you just hear that? <laughs> um, and then I loved the film so much that when I got my first laptop that could play DVDs, it was in the first collection of DVDs I bought, mm. which was, I think, Gladiator, Snatch and Go. So it got watched a lot uh, after that. So I watched this quite a lot in the space of five years. Mm. Not like you. <laughs> um, and then I have not seen it since. And I've been really intrigued as to how I would feel about it all this time on. All right, well, before we get into it, let me tell you a bit about it. Let's start with Doug Lyman. Uh, as you mentioned, Swingers, uh, he'd done that. Uh, 250k budget, made 4 million, got great reviews. Studios were falling over themselves to give this indie director their next movie, and he was all in line for one. His agent had set him up to direct the Sigourney Weaver Gene Hackman movie, Heartbreakers. Right. Ever watched Heartbreakers? Funny. No. It's a good film. It's not that bad. It's quite funny, yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he wasn't particularly excited about it, thought the budget was way too big for a comedy it was uh, it didn't make a lot of money back because it was 35 million for a comedy uh, and he was done though he was almost done with the deal ready to go and when he was leaving his apartment and he was standing by the elevator and as he tells this story he hears the phone ringing and it doesn't stop ringing and he thinks it might be a girl so he goes back to his apartment and it's the soon-to-be producer of go who pitches him the movie and he likes the sound of it he gets the script he reads the script he says, what I saw in Go was a story that was celebrating do crazy shit while you're young. You can get away with it when you're young. Like watching Go every night while you're high, <laughs> for example. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's Doug Lyman's story. Uh, against his agent's wishes, he chooses to do Go. And um, to this day, even though like you were the only person in the David Lean cinema who watched it, it didn't make a lot of money back. Mm. Lyman considers this the best film he's ever made. Okay. Yes. Better than Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It is better than Nuts, Mr. Right? Mrs. Smith. <laughs> but that's better than True Lies. So anyway, for, for more on that, listen to our True Lies episode. Uh, so yeah, it's the best film that he's ever made. Okay. Maybe it's just because he felt so... I don't know. Like I get everything he's saying. I don't think it's his best directed film. I what do you think that is? Well, I think, well, what I'm trying to say, like the energy, bearing in mind he's doing rave scenes, um, in my memory, they're so kinetic and they're so like, that's what it's like. And then you watch it, you're like, that's not what it's like. The ones at the start are over the titles because yeah. they're secretly filmed at actual raves. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I don't know, there's just a few bits of it that now when you're a bit older, you're like, that's not quite right. Like when Ronna goes to the rave, she's not on drugs. 
she's not drinking anything, Claire's not drinking anything, and they're just dancing all night. It's like, mm. oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's written by uh, John August of uh, the Script Notes podcast fame, but also a, a writer who's done the likes of Big Fish, Corpse Bride, and Frank and Weenie, but this was his first feature. Um, he was working as a scriptwriter for hire, at the time. Uh, in his words, though, he was only being asked to work on things involving gnomes, elves, dwarves and Christmas. <laughs> what a dreamy CV that is. Still work, mate. Still work. <laughs> I'll do all your Christmas stuff. <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. It's only something with the gnome in it. <laughs> so uh, he wanted to show what he could do. So he went back to a short called X that he'd written while studying film at USC. And so the script for X was just the runner story. Uh, he showed it to some friends. They asked what went on in Vegas with Simon's character, what happened to Adam and Zach. So he decided to write stories for both. And whammy, we have our three chapters. Yeah, and uh, we all listen to script notes sometimes, don't we? Yep. He, he does talk about the script a lot, about how he th- he thought about it strategically to show the industry that he didn't just do this fantasy stuff. He could do a comedy and a thriller and an action movie all in the same script. Some mm. people say you shouldn't do that, that you should sort of focus. But this was his thinking and it obviously worked because it does, I think, work on all those levels. Absolutely. Uh, he does also acknowledge that uh, Go wouldn't exist without Pulp Fiction uh, because as we discussed on Monday uh, with TriStar turning down Pulp Fiction, they thought it was demented. Um, <laughs> but August uh, says that uh, suddenly with Pulp Fiction, the idea of restarting your movie was fine. It wasn't just an experimental art film kind of thing, but it has sort of been a blessing and a curse. It made it possible to make Go but it also made it really easy to dismiss the film or dismiss that gimmick as Pulp Fiction did it first. <clears throat> yeah, Which I, I think... Well, it depends if you think it's a gimmick or if you think it's a new way of telling a story. It- yeah, it, it, it just—it was so quickly that that seeming genius of Tarantino—it just had become convention by this point. Mm. So that's what he's fighting against. Yeah, I think it's more. I, I don't really. I mean, the structure is the structure. People have done it before Tarantino, and you know, this did it after Pulp Fiction. It's more there are little bits of dialogue in this that you're like, oh, it's a bit Tarantino. Yeah. Mm. that's the problem. Mm. It's because that's the thing that you know, the structure is the structure, but the, it's the dialogue when mm-hmm. you sort of try and mimic that. Anyway, uh, the script gets uh, picked up. Uh, August comes on as co-producer and immediately wants Lyman. He says of Lyman, uh, which uh, you'll appreciate uh, based on the conversations we were having on on our Mr. and Mrs. Smith episode. uh, Doug, to this day, doesn't take no for anything. And it's probably his strongest quality as a director. (laughs) I just got, I've become obsessed. I found so many interviews talking about Doug Lyman as a director. It sounds insane. (laughs) Here's how he's described by people working with him. Perfect. Perfectionist, mensch, creative, restless, eccentric, immature, indulgent, irresponsible, indecisive, brilliant, idiot savant, balls of steel, blithely indifferent, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> I think that was in Vanity Fair. It's like it, everyone's got a story and they pretty much everyone says he's a nightmare. <laughs> and I can't believe he makes he's made so many good films. And you've interviewed him, haven't you? He's such he's a really engaging person to talk to. I was I, I was gonna I was gonna talk about that in, in a moment. Because have you have you've met him, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. I did quite a long interview with him and I found him to be very honest. Mm. And very engaging and very interesting. But on another level. Yes. Yeah. 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 Completely. Yeah. 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 Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, word goes round. There's this very cool script doing the rounds. Everyone wants a part of it. And it's a who's who of before they were famous. You've got Katie Holmes at that point had just made the pilot for Dawson's Creek, which hadn't yeah. aired. This was her big thing. Uh, Timothy Oliphant was even less well known. Brecken Meyer wasn't very well known. Uh, arguably, isn't anymore. But at the point, you know. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Don't. I love Breckham My Road Trip. We have to do that. <laughs> I love that film. Right? <laughs> Tom Green's funniest film as well. <laughs> After Freddie Got Fingered. Uh, <laughs> we have to do that. <laughs> we don't. I, we really don't. Even even I don't want to do that. Even Tom doesn't want us to do that. <laughs> uh, even Melissa, this is Melissa McCarthy's I film know, debut. I know. I'd forgotten. Of it, but I yeah. wouldn't have known at the time. No. Great. Really funny, funny seeing that. Amazing scene. Uh, so there's a, a few suggestions that maybe Christina Ricci was lined up for Rona, but uh, all accounts, everyone wanted Sarah Polly. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but she's an actress that I've chased into a lift in Dawn. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she'd already been. Mm, if people don't have context, that sounds bad, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if you. If you, if you let me just don't, explain. Don't What's chase the point Peter. of the klaxon if it's, he's got to yeah, do it just again? Do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I you couldn't believe, him, I couldn't believe you... on. I couldn't believe the date because I'm helping him. He right. just said he chased Sarah Polly into a lift. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was in Dawn of the Dead. I played a zombie. <laughs> Pick a fucking lane. Either let me tell it or don't let me tell it or let me do the All klaxon. Right. Fuck's sake. Have you, have you seen the Mothman prophecy? <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you when I was on French Residential in Rouen? Um, here we go. So she'd been to Hollywood. She'd done Hollywood. She decided she didn't like Hollywood. She'd moved back to Canada and she said no to this role seven times before agreeing to meet Lyman. And so Lyman pitches the film and apparently he says he pitched it in a different way. Like she was being pitched the film as like this guy just won an MTV award for swingers and like all the wrong things to say to Sarah Polly as an actor. And he pitched it and she liked his pitch and she has to take a script back to Canada. And so the story goes, he only had one script on him that day in his car boot and he gives it to her. He looks at it first and goes, it's the only script. I wanted to do this role. I'm going to give it to her. And it's a script with his editor's notes on, which had arrows pointing to lines going, shit, <laughs> stupid line, cut this crap. And he still gave her that it's script. Amazing. And she said that level of trust made her want to do the movie. That's cool. Uh, she also says, though, uh, it's because she loved the opening line and look how far it got you. Mm -hmm. That's the two reasons why she took the line, uh, took the role. So go is go. Uh, and in classic lineman style, so the first thing he's told is, Cut the Vegas car chase. We do not have the money for the Vegas car chase. Okay. Doug Lyman spends a third of the budget on the <laughs> Vegas car chase. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he saves money elsewhere. He's his own cameraman. He constantly shoots uh, everything. It's like long days. Apparently, Jay Moore, who just done Jerry Maguire, took a while to get used to it. Uh, Lyman said he showed up exhausted because he'd been out partying the night before, before his first day of shooting. By the end of the day, he was like, Jesus Christ, I haven't been able to get to my trailer once for a nap. <laughs> baby <laughs> <laughs> uh, although my favourite quote uh, comes from uh, William Fitchner Doug, sim Doug seamlessly moves with that camera that's what I'll remember most that and Jay Moore being a maniac <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have you this? You, you mentioned you interviewed Doug Lyman, and I, I did too. I, what, what was it? What did you interview him for? American Made. That's what I interviewed him yeah, for. Because he was in town doing <clears throat> a yeah. bunch. Yeah, yeah. So I interviewed him for that, and I do think he's a genius. Uh, but he is on a whole other level. Genius. Yeah, I really, uh, there is not a Doug Lyman movie that I don't like, as okay. proved by the Mister and Mrs Smith episode. <laughs> so. He'd leave the camera running, apparently, uh, between mm -hmm. takes uh, when they were... So while he was talking to the actors, the camera would still be rolling, which meant when they were screening the dailies, 
uh, for the producers and the studio. They'd hear Lyman talking to the actors and eventually his editor and friend comes over and says, maybe you should stop talking so much because they can hear everything you're saying and I think you're scaring them because you sound crazy. (laughs) Which uh, I think really sums up Lyman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is it he says? He says, maybe it's more chaotic on set than your average big budget Hollywood movie, uh, but it may be smarter and more inventive than those <laughs> other movies. And when I do a big budget Hollywood movie, it will be chaotic anyway. So <laughs> same diff. Yes. Uh, this was how born mysteries and jumper were described in general by people. Working. Disorganized shooting style that involves constantly throwing out new ideas mm. while shooting, forces screenwriters, producers and crews to work long hours of overtime and cost the studios millions in budget over ages. Sorry, there is a Doug Lyman movie I don't like and it's Jumper. Yes, I'd forgotten about that one. Have you ever seen Jumper? What's the story? Don't. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, Lyman says uh, about this film, uh, which underperforms but gets rave reviews, was so trained towards short-term rewards. I do like films like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where you do get some huge opening weekend, but the true success of a movie has to be evaluated in 10 or 20 years after it comes out. So if you ask me how I feel about Go, I couldn't be more proud of it, and I couldn't believe it was received as well as it was. Great. Yeah. Shall we talk about it? Sure. Lovely. Sadly, we don't get three music videos before the film on Amazon. <laughs> well, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I should have got my old VHS. Yeah, of course oh, my you should. God. Yeah, that would have been a great idea. It's in Leeds. <laughs> uh, right. Um, so, uh, no doubt, you know, though, do you know the song new that's in this? Yeah. Uh, the the music um, uh, producer for this uh, film, who's uh, uh, in charge of the soundtrack, uh, Julianne Jordan, uh, said, for no doubt, who at the time were massive to say they would write an original song. Didn't even know this. I didn't know that. An original song for a $6 million movie. Wow. You don't see Ariana Grande doing that. Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt the Macarena pages... Swatch watches, big sideburns. It is the most 90s, isn't it? <laughs> All that stuff seemed cool the last time I watched it. Simon is the most 90s thing in this film. Bio. But is that because Grange Hill as well for us? Yeah. And, and yeah, he no, he's not even like human traffic. Like, he just, it's just that, especially because he's got that shitty dye in his hair mm. as well. And he thinks he can, and the film says he can get off with anyone. Yeah, but, so he, but he seemed like a cock then. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. How I feel about Simon hasn't changed. Yes. So the, the, is that I, who you named your dog after? No, I went down a, uh, a wormhole on uh, like Simon Desmond Askew. I've um, done that many me. times. It's it's try, it's trying to figure out who and what he is. Right. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Let, let, let's just get this out of the way. You know, I always bang on about the uh, logos and messing with the logos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never need to do that again because this is where it began. This is my most fun logo <laughs> start. The fact that they fuck with the Columbia theme tune yeah, and it yeah. cuts into Lion Rock and then the logo flashes up again. This is the last time I'm going to mention it because nothing compares to this. It's the best one ever. <laughs> okay. it, it won't be. No, I don't of think course not. No, that would be a lie uh, that I just told live. Wait, are we, li- are we live? Uh, we're not live, thank God. Uh, so... <laughs> Like Pulp Fiction, we start off in a cafe, breakfast, Katie Holmes as Claire, talking to someone who we don't know, mystery. I know. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? First time I ever heard the word thunk said out loud. You used to say that all the time. Oh, God. We're not going to get through this. I don't think I'm a bit worried. You used to say it all the time. Who'd have thunk it? Oh, guys, yeah, you can't just be remembering things. I know, that's so boring. It's so boring. Remember when I said it, though? I do. I do every day. Shit, yeah, okay. Thunk it. Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, I'm disappointed by this scene now because she's like, "I love Christmas because surprise, I don't, whatever." <laughs> and then you're like, 
you must be describing something else other than literally what a surprise <laughs> is. <laughs> and then you get to the end and she's not. She's just yeah. telling you the definition she's of a simple. surprise. Claire's quite simple. <laughs> she is, yeah. Claire's quite simple. And she's on no drugs, no. to be clear. Yeah, it's so disappointing that. Yeah. And I don't. That word doesn't enter my lexicon about this film. That's <laughs> shut up. Don't lead me astray. Uh, right, so we're into our first story. Rana, played by Sarah Polly. Uh, did I ever mention I chased her into a lift? <laughs> so, love the scene at the checkout. Always love the way she wraps the bleach in that plastic bag so effortlessly, thus showing how long she's been there. Uh, uh, you know what, as well? Never realised, probably because I was high, this is a Christmas movie. Oh God, it is! Yeah, yeah. of course. Just, it's quite obviously a Christmas movie. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. it is. Yeah, I yeah. did, but I never. Twenty years have passed. I don't remember. Now I know it's a Christmas okay. movie. Yeah, uh, which means that I don't know whether Batman Returns is any longer my favourite Christmas movie <laughs> or it's Go, which is a really, really interesting question. I love the for fact myself. that I didn't ever know until because of Amazon and this, we didn't have the tech before. But the woman at the checkout is literally called Stringy Haired Woman. <laughs> Isn't that rude? <laughs> I hit you in a movie. Uh-huh. What'd you, what'd you, who'd you play? Uh, just a, a woman at checkout. That's that your character's name. It should be. Yeah, why can't it just be called Angry Lady? <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk about Simon then, played by Grange Hills, Desmond Askew. So, I found him, and I'm going to be, I'm going to come clean. I, the minute he starts talking, I found it really jarring, and I'm like, mm. I don't remember this being jarring. Mm. And it, like, it does settle down very quickly for me. It's always like, taken me out of the movie. Right from the first time I watched it was just his his acting. Yeah. Obviously his character's annoying, but like it just it just doesn't convince me as that everyone else seems real and I feel like I'm watching a kid from Grange Hill trying to play with them and try and talk well, to them on the same oh, level. Vegas, I've been told it's great. <laughs> oh no man. It's so like I said, I went down a wormhole, as I was gonna say. I went on his IMDB. And his showreels on there, and uh, like, no shade on Desmond. Like I don't think he edited it, and I, I'm sure he didn't put it up there. Who knows? But he needs to re-edit it because <laughs> his entire showreel is him either talking about fucking women Blah. or threatening women with a gun. Oh! In, in this movie, he does both. It's like he found his thing really early on. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's just mad. I'm like, it cuts from like, mm. is that your sister? I'm going fuck her, and it's like, oh, I've got no. a gun. You do what I say. It's like, is this it? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It's like range <laughs> and, and range. Uh, that's not fair. He, he plays a mutant in the Hills Have Eyes remake as well. So he's got that. Anyway, uh, Lyman and August say they were never into mind altering substances. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lyman says he didn't see himself in any of these characters, but he said he'd met a lot of people like Simon, a European eager to take in the full excitement and ridiculousness of the American experience. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Askew says uh, of Lyman, he just used to shout at him at set, think puppy dog, think puppy dog. It's a weird feeling because I don't remember being annoyed by him back in the mm. 2000 and whatever at all, but I can't. I, it doesn't settle down for me. I can't bear oh, it. Really? I cannot bear yeah. it. And I just must have either been on many drugs and just thought that's absolutely fine or I'd left the room at that point I don't know but I, do, I don't remember being this pissed off about it uh, and I, it's not even the things he does the things he does are awful but it's just it's so a horrible thing to say yeah, about something it's just but you, you think of, if you recast him I think you've got a better movie on your hands alright uh, August says of all the characters he created for the film he's most like Katie Holmes' Claire 
Right, okay. Cheers, John. No, <laughs> <I don't> care. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> simple. <laughs> you, you like Christmas because it's got surprises. Yeah. <laughs> you like defining I'll a surprise. I'll tell you what a surprise is. It's when the thing that you were expecting doesn't happen. Here I know. Uh, so, Rana needs money or she's going to get evicted, which mm. sets up uh, uh, our plot. Uh, we've got the name game. Uh, still love the name game. Is that ever going to... That's what this was for. Oh. Drink while you think. Oh, cool. We were going to do the name game. Oh. Okay. That's why I bought props. You're already halfway through. <laughs> well, yeah, that's... Yeah, you've not touched yours. That's kind of I'm hosting this one, isn't it? <laughs> He's doing know. a podcast, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it's not stopped him before. <laughs> <laughs> We meet Jay Moore and Scott Wolf as Zach and Adam. Uh, they yeah. need pills. Now we're cooking. Rona can help. Yeah, I mean, they're great. They're amazing. Aren't yeah. they? So good. Very good. Very good. Uh, apparently, Lyman didn't want to cast uh, Scott Wolf because he already had uh, Katie Holmes. Didn't want two TV actors in it, but he saw him just chatting with Jay Moore in a corridor and went, yeah, their chemistry yeah. is electrifying. And so cast him, and thank God he did. <sighs> so, Rona heads off to meet a man who I fell in love with when I, I watched this. You know. I know. <laughs> uh, you know I know. And I know you know. Uh, Todd Gaines, the drug dealer, yeah. a.k.a. Timothy Oliphant. Uh, and it broke my heart to find out that in real life you can't answer the phone with speak <laughs> and retain friends. You can't. And God love you for trying. It, I did. <laughs> you and, did. And, and you, you said, I don't like it. I'm not sure I like your tone. And I still tried. I still carried on. And I you know. said, I really don't like it. <laughs> and I, I still did it. And then you went, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking not joking. <laughs> Stop saying speak when you pick up the phone because you're not him. And even if you were, it's, it's a movie. And I've still not learned that second part. No, I know. I think you'd like to give it another world. A bit of time has yep. passed. <laughs> yep. I think I'm going to... I might not enter the phone with speak, but I am going to start saying goodbye with whatever. <laughs> I just think he's the coolest character in any movie ever. I, 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 I hate myself for it. I do hate. I do. I'm aware that I, it's, it speaks too much of me that he is my favourite character oh, ever in anything. Okay? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I think I'll be okay. Uh, so Todd uh, makes Ron a strip. Uh, I, mean, I never knew what he whispered in her ear. I was like, I was like, I, and obviously. I always thought it was something like, I, I need to check you wearing a wire or blah, yeah. blah, blah, and that. Is it not? Well, later on when she's pretending to be him in the car park and she says to the young kid, show me your tits. Oh, yeah. So that must oh, be. Oh, yuck. Right. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I still love him. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, she's she's he's just he's sex in that Christmas hat. Oh my god, oh, <laughs> nearly nearly wasn't in it as well. Really, he was all set to be in Practical Magic. <gasps> Need to do that. Yeah, uh, I think that's on the list. It is. Yeah. Uh, sh- Sorry, <laughs> um, my choice is that week. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, he got uh, he got fired, and Aidan Quinn replaced him in that, which freed him up for this and history was made. <laughs> Don't let anyone double dose on these pills. It'll fry their brain. But Manny does double drop. Yeah. And he's all right. He's, he's fucked. Yeah. But he doesn't die. I don't think fry their brain means die. I, I think, do. 
Do you think? I do. I think that's a responsible drug dealer moment. Don't let anyone double drop you. Fry their in, they will die. Okay. And I, I always thought Manny was going to die because he did the <laughs> thing he was told not to do. Uh, but okay. Maybe it's a vernacular thing. Yeah. I think I'd probably just double drop. So I... <laughs> See, and I've never, never done that. Never. Yeah. It's a vanity thing more than anything. I don't want to. I don't want to be that. That like mm. it's too. It's too far for me. God, it's fun being young. <laughs> Fuck yeah! It makes me feel sick thinking about it yeah. now. But then it's like just the way it is, man. Yep, it's Tuesday. We're going out tonight. <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, so Ronna leaves Clara's insurance, and what do you know? Like you said, Manny takes two. Uh, all right. Uh, we've met one of the film's secret weapons in Timothy Oliphant. Let's meet the other, William Fitchner as Burke. He's so good. Yeah. I'm just Amazing. Next level stuff. Yeah. Makes everyone else look like they're walking in slow motion. It's true. <laughs> he looks like the grown-up, mm. which he is. I mean, what a double bill for him from Armageddon the previous year <laughs> to this. The man was on fire those two years. But he's seriously, he's seriously great. Uh, so he's the cop who's busted Zach and Adam. And this is to set up the uh, trap for Ronna, but she realises uh, that it's a trap because we find out later, Zach warns her. Yeah. So she, she doesn't even take a cheeky one, though. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Like, she's meant to be into it. You're going to tip him down the loo? Mm. Have what? Have two. <laughs> really? Of course, really. Not in that situation. <laughs> you're going to do it. You're on your way out the door. Don't let it go to waste. Yeah. Thinking you're about to get arrested. She's not, though. She's got nothing on her. She's eating it. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're all on the floor. I've been on with Vicky. <laughs> You don't want to be in prison like that. I, I, I think I found this this bit quite heartbreaking. Yeah, you know what, waste. I'm like, oh my god, don't do that. Uh, so the bit after she's left though, when Burke has Zach handcuffed against the door. Oh god, Fitchner, mm. <sighs> man, yeah. he's great. He's great, and I love this sort of setup about his weirdness here. And like that is genuinely a mystery. And that was one of the things I'd forgotten right up until the yeah. very end. I was like, "What is the story here? I can't remember." Also, because it's not revealed to the end, when I definitely had lost my mind and yeah. can't remember anything. So, yeah, you should remember that. That's quite a big bit. <laughs> yeah, you'd think I would, but no. Uh, so uh, Ronna needs to replace the pills. Goes to the supermarket. But this is the thing. She's like, "Oh, I need a hundred dollars, or I need twenty pills." It's like that is incorrect. You need a hundred dollars, like. <laughs> Don't double cross a drug dealer. If she'd taken a pill, it would make more sense because she'd be a bit like, this is a great idea. But she's sober at this point. Mm. I think it's absolutely mad that she decides that the course of action is to double cross a quite scary drug dealer. How's she going to get $100? Yeah, yeah got, but that could be, that's the movie. She can't get money. Yeah, but she then does get $400 in about 10 minutes. So she can get money. So she does both. <laughs> so she should only just do the one. I know it doesn't work. No, but no, but every scene can be different. Yeah, <laughs> but I am right, though. Like, she tries to double cross this scary man. Yeah. And then she gets the money anyway. Uh, Chris is right. No, sorry, wait. Chris is right. She can't, she, she has to go back and pick up Claire because she's promised Claire she's going to go back for mm-hmm. her and she can't get she can't magic $100 but she can she can't fake $100 she can fake 20 she pills leave, that's the other movie she leaves Claire there they develop a relationship <laughs> but, but you said it that's, yeah. the, that's a different movie it's a movie. different movie yeah. she leaves Claire there and then is, she goes and sells the pills we're talking about this movie though. yeah no that film's wait <laughs> Claire wait yeah. <laughs> don't go you can't go see yeah. stay that's what I've done yeah. there good I love it uh Right, so uh, she does double cross him, though. Uh, <laughs> Manny's doing the Macarena. I wonder what the youth of today will make of that scene watching it. Go, what the fuck? <laughs> I think, considering Doug Lyman 
has said he's never done drugs. He does a fucking great job of showing what it's like to come up on two pills at once mm-hmm. in this yeah. moment. Yeah. Like the pill hallucinations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that yeah. whole thing. Well, no, I, I guess. What's the, what, whatever the, what's we're allowed to talk about historic drug use, right? Yeah, I think it's the statute yeah. of limitations. Yeah, well, yeah. No, I'm, I'd love to learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's had half a beer. It's that easy. <laughs> this is why you're not allowed out on your own. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just I, I I I love it. I just love I love the cut from this intense Macarena dance sequence to him just boop boop. <laughs> out, like lost his mind, yeah. like just in his own head. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, so they go back. Uh, to see uh, Todd, uh, 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 no, sorry, Todd. This is the this is this is the scene where he's on the phone to Simon and answers the phone with speak and hangs up with whatever and asks Claire if she's a virgin. Uh, and then it's the Breakfast Club quote, and you're like, oh, you forgive him because it was a bit dark and yeah. it's fine. Yeah. So uh, Ronnie gives Todd the fake pills. Uh, we get the amazing Manny Cat joke. <laughs> uh, I can read your thoughts. You're going to die. It's really good. So good. It's brilliant. I'm, I almost want more of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so uh, Ron realises she's got a plan here. She goes to the club to sell the fake pills. I mean, it did. I'm watching this. I was sitting on my sofa, sober, and it made me want to go out, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in New Cross in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> So you did. <laughs> you did. Yeah. I went back to and you were, Yeah, you yep. just arrived here. I've come back from a cross, yeah. I've got a bit of vomit. I whited, uh, but I had a fucking great time in the Rosemary Branch. <laughs> is it still there? It is. Yay! <laughs> Weird, taking pills in the Rosemary <clears throat> Branch. Uh, but they loved it. They were great. To, they're happy to see me again. So, uh, we get the van scene. Uh, we, this is... Oh, I love this scene. Where she's convincing the little kids. When she mm. says it's so smooth. Yeah! I don't believe that you haven't taken drugs to know that that's the adjective to use I, I disbelieve that that's bullshit oh, I just love it. it's it's the it's the button on the scene it, you know what helps taking a lot of a lot of pot with yeah. it smoking a lot of pot yeah that's brilliant I remember thinking at the time if I ever take drugs I don't want to sound like these kids mm. and that's genuine that's yeah. so funny I was like oh no like because so, they're so open with how they feel yeah we're very British aren't we we're like oh does anyone come up okay great <laughs> So talking about historic drug use, like before I'd ever taken uh, ecstasy, when I was 19, so I was at UCL and there was a guy and I, I'm watching this, is I hadn't thought of this for li- even longer than we knew, we knew. This predates us. This is like 1998. And there was a guy who lived in our halls called Alex Dreads and he was a white guy with dreads. Right. And he used to sit in rooms and he'd take an ecstasy. And so we'd all be sitting in the room, maybe smoking a bit of pot and he'd be like, oh, ecstasy. And it rem- these kids reminded me, it's like... It's like this, man. It's like, you know, you sort of like, it just sort of flips your mind and you just see things that you wouldn't even think to see before. And I sat there not having the ecstasy going, fucking hate this guy. I fucking hate him. But I can't say, shut up. That's not true, you because I, I didn't know. And so he forced me to go out and take ecstasy. To see. Yeah. So I could go back. And the next time he was like, and it just, shut up. No. It doesn't do that. It You're a fuck. It's like you drinking tequila and getting in a warm bath. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I think we should stop talking about historic drug use. It sounds like we are now advertising it or advocating it. You're the one that keeps not. saying it. Yes, I, I know. Sorry. I need to, I need to take a range. I'm just, are you being sponsored by a website called historic drug use? <laughs> it's getting weird now. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've started having to call it historic junkies just to sort of distance myself <laughs> yeah, from, yeah. from it. Uh, but yeah, it's basically it just brought up a lot. It was a period in my life where this, the, you know, watching this movie. I told you it was a nostalgia hit. Nicky, can think... we cut this whole episode? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to recoup. Let's have a break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to Clash of the Titles. <laughs> it's a wonderful podcast about movies. Um, so, Todd arrives at the party hunting Ronna. Uh, Manny is who he sees first, who is actually high further convincing him that he's been robbed. Uh, Manny Whitey's Ronna buries him. That's one of the most realistic parts of this film because he's fucked and you are like, you're like, I love you. I'm just going to put you by these bins for a tiny little bit because you are really holding me back. Like, I hate it, but like, friendship is. Friendship can be more than one thing, and that's your best friend. And yes, you still leave him in a bin, for a <laughs> but you still love her. But I forgot sort of how cutthroat she is because yeah. she is like Ronna is right, very cut. She's like self-serving, and yep. she does. I mean, she is probably going to go back for him sooner than the end of the movie. Yeah, but like obviously she can't. But yeah, she buries him. <laughs> 
gets hit by a car. Timothy Oliphant's face, his face acting this priceless. It's really good. Yeah, I just wonder. This t- took me out of the film this time. Would he really have shot her? Because I don't it's so. like she's the first time drug dealer. She's quite, you know, it, it, basically she's a nice young girl who's doing it for not really, but like doing it for the first time. So if she if he murders her, there will be a fuss because she's not like he's scaring her. Yeah, he's scaring her and probably getting some money from her. If oh, she's okay, got anything. fair enough. Right, five, 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 five. She, she hasn't got any money. Oh, she has now. She has. She's got four hundred dollars. Yeah. He's going to get four hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, and bang, we get a repeat of the start, and we're into story two. I imagine both your favourite stories, oh. Simon. It's all right because Tay Diggs is in it. So that every single time Simon is fucking me off, which is all of it, I just look at that man and everything is fine. I'll be honest, this was the part I was least looking forward to the Vegas yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Oh, uh, the start and the end of this movie are, are way better. Much like Pulp Fiction, it's the middle story that lets it down. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just the fucking soundtrack to this movie. I mean, this Fat Boy Slim, uh, like, you've come a long way. Uh, ba- baby had just come out uh, October, like th- five months before this. So when they were making this, they put Gangster Trippin' on the soundtrack. Yeah. It was like before Gangster Trippin' had been released <laughs> as a single. Yeah, I mean, like, it's such a good soundtrack. Um, as we said on Monday, if you want, I don't want people to compare your movie to Pop Fiction, don't include an identical trunk shot. Mm. <laughs> Two of them. Uh, we get Breckenmeyer using the N-word. Yeah. How'd you feel? I mean, I don't, obviously I don't like it, but it's what's moved with the times, sorry, the times I've moved, where he's like, oh, it's colour, it doesn't say colour is a state of mind. It's mm. like, you wouldn't even say that. Like, yeah. that is, that's not on. Uh, but it, it kind of works in the scene. You're laughing at him. You're laughing at him. He's yeah, a clown, yeah. isn't he? People so, are allowed to say yeah. this stupid stuff. The film stuff. isn't going, well, yeah. P.S. he's right. Yeah. He's like, he's a fucking idiot. And, and he's so. literally being called out by an African-American man yeah. so, on his bullshit. I so, think uh, it works. It's, it, yeah. it works so much better fine. than Quentin Tarantino doing oh, yeah. it. Yeah, I think it works fine. I'm excited that James Duval is here. Yeah. Because he's Frank from Donnie Darko. He is the fucking bunny <laughs> in Donnie Darko. And so I always get slightly excited when I see him because he's a little piece of film history. Mm-hmm. He's had no career aside from that, really. But still, it's big, 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 though. Big bunny. Frank the bunny's a huge, <laughs> huge yeah. bunny. Massive bunny. Uh, this buffet scene. I mean, in, in the litany of things that this film has left me with, this mm. is this is one of the my aversion to eating seafood from a buffet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so I, my ex, when we used to go to events, and they bring out trays of like hors d'oeuvres and stuff, and if it was like if there was salmon on it, she'd be grabbing handfuls. She's like, "Oh, brilliant! I'll, I'll have a bit of that." I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> are you, you mad? Like, like literally? What? Are you, uh, that's an insane thing to do. You haven't seen it be prepared. You don't know how long it's been sitting out mm-hmm. in a warm kitchen." I didn't know I couldn't do that. No, oh, I no. think it's. I think hors d'oeuvres are a, a swanky event. Yeah, I didn't it's, say swanky, it's, but it was though. No, <laughs> it was a funeral. We crashed. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. No. I apologise. Let's call it swanky. Yeah, let's but this is a buffet where it has been out all day, like yeah. a self-service, all-you-can-eat affair. I just have a rule, like if I'm going to eat seafood inland, like I, I'm, I'm yep. basically I'm only eating seafood if I can a see the sea. Or B, I'm paying through the nose for it. Like, <laughs> otherwise, I will enjoy it. Because I won't have it come back through my nose later, which wow. is what will happen. Exactly. Yeah. These Vegas buffets are amazing, though. So I've never been to one, and I would like it very much. That's but how you survive. Yeah. Because it's all you can eat from $5 or something. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe I wouldn't eat the prawns, but you do load up. Would you eat the chicken? I mean, that's as risky, no? Yes. So you've been to Vegas. So, <laughs> you what just said you have a Vegas, you're it, a Vegas buffet. I'll be honest, 
this film might have been quite influential on me to the point that a year later I booked a trip to Las Vegas for me, my brother, and my best friend. What? And we went to the Crazy Horse Strip Club. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> you did not. I feel like we might have got chased out like these guys but certainly what I do know is that we thought it was about midnight and when we came out it was 8am and we had like two hours to get our flight Can I ask you another question and you can refuse to answer did you genuinely think you'd get a threesome if you went to Vegas? No Okay fine No no we ate at all you can eat buffets and we went to the crazy horse Okay Just a year after this I was like this is my life yeah. See, this film, I swear to God, it does stuff to people. I wish people. I'd known you. We could have gone, gone together. It does stuff to people. So I went to New York uh, with a couple of people. Weirdly, I, like going to a strip club in New York is a weird thing to do. It was for New Year, but we went to a strip club in New York. And the guy on the door said exactly what this guy says here. He's like, the girls can touch you, you can't touch the yeah, girls. Fair enough. And uh, we, me and one of my friends walked to the bar. And I'll be, we'll, like, we'll, like, we'll get us around in. Yeah. Uh, my other friend goes right down to the front and sits by the stage. Uh-huh. And uh, we're getting around him. We literally walk over, put three drinks down at the table. I look at the other friend. I go, okay, three, two, one. And wham, he grabs this girl's ass. No. The bouncer grabs uh-huh. him. We stand up without having touched our drinks <laughs> and walk out. And basically the bouncer's got him. And I'm like, he just didn't understand. He doesn't speak English. As my friend's going, fuck off. <laughs> So yeah, the rules are super clear. Yeah, I, listen, I didn't, it wasn't me. I'm not. Is I it was... like being propelled by forces you can't <laughs> control? Like a scary bouncer has said, "I will break your fucking arm," and you're like, "I don't care." I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna touch it. This champagne bit where they're like, "Don't order champagne because it's a lap dance and all the rest of it," and then he's like, "Champagne!" You're like, God, Simon, what a prick! But then they do get the champagne. So I was like, "That's not that bad." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then she's drinking it. I'm like, that, that, love. Yeah, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I, I, touch I you. That. I'm just grabbing the glass. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a conversation about tantric sex. Uh, either of you practice tantra? <laughs> no, no, I have not. I haven't got time for that shit. But like, I have. Li- I ha- does? I know it's I, mental. I have listened to Sting though, so yeah. <laughs> same thing. Who's got an hour and a half? You've got mean, jobs to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, no, I mean, no shade. If you can do it, great, g- great. But what do you do for money? <laughs> How rich are you? I, I just, I got to work, man. Two to four hours. I don't think it happens the first time either, like it no. does for Simon. No. no. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I, I love Vegas. It's grotesque. Uh, so, <laughs> why does Simon put on an Irish accent? Because American girls like it. I think American like girls English like English accents, though. It's, oh, do they? It's yeah. enough. But yeah. maybe he's aware that his accent, with no, not too much judgment, is great in this Wow. I don't know how that's not too much judgment. No, I know. Yeah, that's very This rude. is his best bit. When he's like, you know, the, the puts on the lilt of the Irish accent and the girls love it. I think that's great. I can't, I literally cannot believe that the threesome is the result of that. I can't believe that it happens and it annoys me. <laughs> I have no issue with group sex, but him, you know. Char- yeah. He's charming. Uh, so uh, the result of the touching is he shoots the bouncer. Uh, and his dad has a go at his son. Mm. The dad owner, this is, I just love this bit of dialogue that I hadn't noticed before. Because this isn't a movie that I thought I sort of think, oh, the dialogue's amazing, apart from Timothy Oliphant. Speak, whatever. But like this bit where he goes, how do your generation get to the top by being so incompetent? The guy ahead of you can't do his job. So falls on his ass and congratulations, you're now the top. Sure. I like that. So the Crazy Horse is a legal establishment, yes? Oh my God, I knew this was going to happen. So why can't he go to the top? <laughs> His dad's like, I'll patch you. Oh, up, sorry, so. I thought you meant real crazy horse. I thought we were going back. Oh no, no, no! Oh. But it, it's. But it have is... you ever been to a strip club? 
No, I don't. Th- I'm just checking. No, I don't. I haven't. <laughs> no. With who? <laughs> with, with other Vicky. Bad Vicky. She's always in there. But good Vicky's just going to ask bad Vicky what they did that night in Blackpool. There's some truth to that. I've been. I was with some. Friend, girlfriends, friends who were girls, and they went in, and I remember thinking, I'm not going because I just had something else. To do. It was years ago. They went in. <laughs> do. It's two in the morning. I've just got something else to do. Buy a Scotch egg. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, in my head, I'm like, but I was very drunk. So did I go in and then do that, or did I not? And I, I don't it think can, I did. It can be hazy. I couldn't tell you if I had a dance or not. I really couldn't. No, I don't like, feel like I've been It's just daytime. I think I would be quite scared. It's daytime and I've got no money. Um, I did look up the women dancers uh, from that scene. <laughs> Uh, Nikki Sorry. Fritz. Nikki Sorry. Fritz. Uh, her two other uh, screen credits are the Bear Wench Project. <laughs> and the... <laughs> wait, wait for it. Wait for it. She's, there's a theme here, and the Witches of Breastwick. <laughs> that doesn't even work out. Right. That works better. It works on the page. Eastern, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Both, both rubbish. I watched them beginning to end. <laughs> Had to. Had to doing the job for work. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. They're our heroes now, though. The the the, the people that run the club. Yeah. We're, not, we're supposed to think these guys are our heroes. No. Not no. Marcus and Those Simon. guys are absolutely. I cannot believe a man, the bouncer is doing his job. He's yeah. laid out the yeah. rules super clear. Simon grabs her ass really hard, and then the bouncer is like, "I am going to ask you to leave." Like I said, I would. Well, and he gets shot. He tries to kick the shit out of them. That's unnecessary. Fine. Just kick them out. Don't beat them up. Yeah, but I don't know what you, I don't know what did you think was going to happen, and then he gets shot. You get thrown out is what should happen. What, you, you don't yeah, need to happen. get kicked to bits on the floor. Sure. It's not right. It's not okay to touch ladies without their consent. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the Vegas car chase. Oh. It's, uh, it's a brilliant Vegas car chase set to Magic Carpet Ride. Uh, I really love it. It's the second best Vegas car chase after the car chase, uh, which is very, we're never going to do this movie, so it's the only gonna, time I'm going to be able to mention it. Yeah. The Vegas car chase in Jason Bourne, which is the only good bit in Jason Bourne. Yeah, very good. Fourth right. right. Very good. Um, good. Uh, right. Thanks for that. So, Adam and Zach. <laughs> Yay. Best uh, bit. Do you think so? Yes. Really? Yep. Best because, section. Because of these two. So, because it's very layered as well. So you thought, you know, they pulled the, you thought they were actors. Uh, sorry, you thought they were cops and then they're actors and then they're in a bit of a pickle and they've got to get out of that pickle and then they fuck around with like, and then you, the dawning realisation that they're a couple kind of wrecked by Katie Holmes just telegraphing it in case you missed it. Like, gay guys are so hot. Whatever she says, uh, it's yeah, like, yeah, we don't need that. We get it. But we it's don't, We don't time, need maybe. that and we don't need, isn't it ironic, don't you think? Ah, yeah, no, ne- that was never all right. Awful. Yeah, Awful. but it's just a good section because it's just got a lot more going on. Yeah, but also, but that's also because it's a, the coming together of the previous two stories as well. Yeah. It's the climax. It's everything weaving in to yeah. become one. But yeah, there's a huge there's portion. More deceptions there's going a on. huge portion that is just those two. The, the Christmas dinner is brilliant. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jane Krakowski, fantastic in a small role. <laughs> yeah. we, we've also seen the Jay Moore character. We've heard and seen him say "go" this time. Yes, <laughs> saying the title of the film. But also, it's your save the cat moment for that character yeah, it's true. a literal one the one that's usually the example in the book Save the Cat is by getting someone out of a drug deal in oh, front great. of their kid and this is getting someone out of a drug deal oh, that they nice. shouldn't be in uh, I, again like I said at the start I didn't know what the twist was um, until the CK1 bit and then I was like oh <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> naked in the bed did you wear CK1 uh, no, I don't think oh, I, I ever did. did. I, I did. wore Fahrenheit for a long time. Oh, we didn't like Fahrenheit. No, I, I've, I tried it again recently. I found an old bottle. Yeah. It's either gone off or I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. I used to wear Obsession, but then Obsession just started to smell like Magaluf to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I was there with 20 lads and we were all wearing fucking obsessions. Oh, I'll wear this again. Uh, what do you, you, you wear now, Chris? Um, sure. Just the cheapest <laughs> shit. Yeah, the cheapest it's shit. It's called l- l- Ling, <laughs> Old Ling. Spice. <laughs> Heavy. Do you really want to know? No. <laughs> I, we, know we, we know what you wear. You wear deodorant that doesn't work. <laughs> stop doing that. Come on. I did stop. I wear a very expensive perfume. It's called Byredo. Byredo. Don't know. I tell you what. No, because Mark gets it for me, so I don't know. But it's got really troubling names. So I think he's like he's it's a from Euro- confederated product. <laughs> he's a European designer, a scent designer. Byredo. Byredo. And that's the name of the brand. And then he makes these different named scents. But the names are really. I find the names really troubling. Like, one of them's called oh god it's, it's so, such a complex nice smell one's called spatchcock <laughs> but it's called, it's called gypsy queen dirty it's chicken like... oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tom Ford is what I wear oh okay but very random uh, very rarely because it's so expensive <laughs> yeah. yeah I wear uh, uh, Chanel Bleu because I'm not going to be what people expect me to be <laughs> <laughs> oh that's nice that's, that's naughty nice. oh yes baby oh yes so, uh, yeah, it's the Christmas dinner. Uh, there's that f- I, I mean, it's a funny joke. What, which goes with ham in unison. White. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just, just works. Uh, and then it turns out they're trying to sell Amway. Uh, so, so, it's great, though. It's just, you don't see that coming. No. It's, you didn't. it's such a great idea. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Zach and Adam uh, find out they were cheating on each other with the same person, uh, which gives Very good. a reason to be at the party in the climax when they get revenge on Jimmy. Oh, my God, Melissa McCarthy is incredible. So brilliant. funny. Yeah. Just... Who knew? Who knew that that was Melissa McCarthy? <laughs> what, a great, what a great screen debut, though. You've got one minute of screen time and you absolutely nail it. Every single moment yeah. she's on screen. You missed each other for like three minutes. It was so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get a repeat of the car accident from Inside, which is very funny. Uh, uh, they leave, and they're talking about what they've done, and then Adam realises he's still got his microphone on. Mm. I think it misses a trick here. Now, I might slow the movie down, but I just think they should then like act it out like there is a scene and just sort of take it to the next level, oh, like yeah. start, because he's like, he might have thought it was a scene. They might have thought we were just running lines. I think that joke yeah. could be built bigger. Yeah. I quite like that idea. Mm. Uh, but they go back to help Ronna. Um, <clears throat> I just this is my this is one of my favourite scenes when Zach is trying to get Adam to help him, and he's trying to pretend oh, it's, it's a so scene. Good, they're yeah. shooting. Look at look mm. look at the lights. Yeah. Say hi to Molly from yeah. wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Adam <laughs> cuts him off and goes, "I'm not delusional." And he goes, yeah. "Well, then grab a fucking arms." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but don't put another Pulp Fiction trunk scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, very funny though. Yeah, uh, it's also uh, very funny when it turns out she's alive and they're deciding what to do. And Zach is like, well, if we don't help her and she dies here, then you still killed her. And he goes, what do you mean I killed her? (laughs) So no, that's not what I meant. It's not like I'd ever testify against you. (laughs) Just these two. These two are the best Mm. thing in the movie. Uh, Right. So they dump her on a car and we're back at the start with Claire, who's now in the cafe with Todd, who seems nice and more charming. Although it is <laughs> kind of weird that he just saw her friend die and just has a nice Went chat for with breakfast, her. breakfast, yeah. And she's also like, you are the most non-fake person. I got obsessed with this because in the 90s and early noughties, we were all obsessed with like someone being fake. with such a cuss, like, mm. they're so fake. And I don't, th- I don't think the kids are saying that anymore. Like, I, don't, I know we don't say it, do we? Like, if we don't like someone, it's not because they're quote marks fake. Mm. But this 
this is well, a no, man. The kids today, it's all about <clears throat> getting as much advertising yeah, as you can. You embrace and marketing, it, you're marketing yourself, yeah. yeah. Claire has been around this man who answers the phone with speak, Brilliant. and she's like, you're the most non-fake person That's, I've ever that met. That is non-fake. He doesn't bother with niceties. Yeah, like, okay. Hey, how are you? <laughs> speak. But just direct, man. That's how. That's why I'm going to bring it back. Okay. But, but don't, just don't call me for a while. <laughs> If you're going to get upset, you're gonna get all, about you're gonna get upset all over again, <laughs> then do not call me because it's coming back. But when he's talking about the Family Circus newspaper cartoon and she's this we're back to the Christmas thing, it's like, ah, oh, we're in substandard yes, Tarantino, yeah, aren't yeah. we now? Oh, this yeah. is not sharp enough. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right there, Al? Yeah, I'm just moistening my lips. Um, cool. Sorry. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they need to be moist. Uh, speak. Uh, right. Uh, so... Uh, uh, I, I like them kissing on the stairs. Um, Do you not think it'd be brilliant if when the cat comes down and they're making out, he says, you're going to die? <laughs> <laughs> that would be such How good would a that good be? callback. Would would, so yeah, but old. would that imply that the cat can talk? No, if it did the subtitles and just said, right. you're going to die. She doesn't mean the cat goes, you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to die. <laughs> I know, but... but yeah, I know. Only, yeah. Todd's not on drugs, so it yeah. would imply that. But that would, that's, that's still a funny joke. Okay. All right. So scenes can be different, can't they? I suppose that yeah. makes it better. Yeah, I can't wait to see the Katie Holmes movie. Wait, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I swear to, to God, I think that would be all right. Actually, you, sure. It's all right. Do you know what? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you I, do you actually want to pitch it? No, it's fine. Don't I, worry about I, it. Save it till John August when you meet. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, whoever he is, <laughs> he'll never amount to anything. <laughs> Who is this Picasso? <laughs> John, Vicky. Clash of the titles. <laughs> yes, you C- fucking know. Clash of the tight. Clash of the titles. Think. Listen, think. <laughs> I always prefer. I, I prefer Craig Mason. Anyway, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I do like them kissing on the stairs, and because uh, it really starts to. Feel so like few people are going to get that joke. <laughs> It's excellent. Um, so, because it really feels like, oh my god, they've got this connection. Maybe this is sort of a climax, and then bang, it cuts, smash cuts to him drawing a map to Simon's house for the yeah. game. Fantastic, yeah. absolutely fantastic, brilliant. Uh, and his again. I know you're a fan of face acting, V. Timothy Oliphant's face acting when he's <laughs> waiting for Simon to get shot in the arm yeah. is the best face acting I've seen for a long time. It's great. It's mm. just wonderful. And so here we are, back at the store. Claire sees the battered and bruised Ronna. I mean, when he says, it's all right, I'm okay. From, <laughs> from inside, you hear him from inside the room. Mm, yeah. It's nice. a great moment. Apparently this whole ending was going to, like in John August's original script, um, he yeah, works with Craig Mason. I know. <laughs> Uh, it, it was very violent. It was a much more violent and dark ending. And Good. then we just like, get rid of that. And, uh, Good. A little bit of a, yeah. yeah. I think it's best uh, that we hear It's it a go. fun movie and it should be a fun ending. I'm all white. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, where's Manny? Now, you know I love a good, <clears throat> oh, fuck me in yeah. a movie. And this is a very good, oh, fuck me. <laughs> uh, and they find him. They, they rescue Manny, who's buried under the corrugated iron all night, coming down from double dropping, and cue one of cinema's greatest last lines. So what are we doing for New Year? Oh, it just made me feel like, got to be young. like that. I love that the gang back together. Mm. I'm not sure why Claire is friends with either of them, if I'm honest, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I don't I, know. People I just, can be more than one. <laughs> they can. And I don't know. That line works. when you People 20, say that about us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they might have a point. Oh, that's nice. The, hun- the honeymoon period's over. 
Um, what's sad, I guess, is that if this had been a hit, we might have found out what happened for New Year. Yeah. They've got this young, sexy cast, and you could write a sequel oh to this. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't a hit. But that doesn't change the fact that Bosch, we are into the credits. Bosch, new by no doubt, comes on. I've never been happier. Oh, let's do the bits. <laughs> uh, what is your best scene, Chris? Talking cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I've not seen it in 20 years watching it it gets that scene and suddenly my brain went oh fuck this cat's about to talk and I was so excited I couldn't remember what it said but I was pretty sure it said something about death at the end yeah. and it just fucking delivered it's, not, you... it's such not a disappointment is no, it like, no. when it says I can hear your thoughts you're like is this going to be funny yeah, 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 so yeah. good as you say you want more of it but maybe it's better that it only says three things and, yeah. and two of them are really funny <laughs> <laughs> it's Manny's face when he corrects the cat on the spelling yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's your best scene V um uh, it's either no, but I'm going to choose. It's either the we're acting, pretend we're acting bit. I think that's so good because when because we've just done Quentin Tarantino. So what you, bit? What bit? Oh, when they bring Ronna's body. When Adam and Zach bring Ronna's body oh, from okay, the okay. pit. Right. Because you're listening for that parrying, that patter, that back and forth. That's the closest this script comes, which is pretend we're acting. I'm not delusional. We'll fucking get her on then. Amazing. But I think the dinner scene is the best scene because everybody's doing. Everyone's really good, and when you suddenly realise he's not. Um, Burke's not a sexual predator. He just he's just doing Avon. <laughs> I think that's so good. Yeah, uh, my best scene, uh, like you need to ask, is when we first meet Todd Gaines, Timothy Oliphant. Uh, he's the <laughs> coolest and most beautiful human slash character ever. To your credit, you never went about in a white vest, and those it, you were on the he edge. Yeah, when he's got the Santa hat on, he's got no, a white he's vest topless. On. Are you sure? Yeah, the reason I didn't do that is because you saw what I looked like. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't pull that off. What, the vest? He doesn't wear a fucking vest. I think he might. He's topless. Believe me, I was in love with this man. Okay. He's topless. Yeah, yeah he's I wonder topless. why I think he's wearing a vest. That's weird. That's why I've dressed him? Because you hate nipples. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't see nipples. That's so strange. Uh, Sorry. So, yeah, the first time we meet uh, Timothy Oliphant. Uh, MVW, most valuable whatever in this whole film, V. Uh, is he called Scott Wolf? Yes, he is called Scott Wolf. Um, I think he is, it's either um, Adam or Zach, but I think he just nudges it because he, he's got some sort of movie starness, I think, that some mm. of the others don't, which is fine. It's about grimy kids doing stuff, but he just looks and acts like a bit of a movie star, and I like that mm-hmm. in here. Chris? Tom was, Cruise. That's yeah, what he was. He yeah. Does, yeah. Young he? Tom yeah. Cruise. That was his thing at the time. Yeah. And that's maybe why his career didn't progress. There's, yeah. there's only room for one. Got one. Yeah. Yeah. And he won't stop. <laughs> he's and not. he's getting younger. <laughs> he's never going to stop. Scott Wolf sitting there seething. Going, Wait, I thought you? you were going to be old, fat or retired. <laughs> uh, my MVW is Talking Cat. <laughs> uh, uh, I think Nathan Bexton this time I thought was amazing. Which is Nathan Bexton? Manny. Yeah, he's good. Oh. That is a really, really good performance. Really good. And I'm gutted I've never really seen him since. Yeah, he's very good. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm being facetious, talking cat, we've got to talk about the Oliphant in the room. <laughs> I tell you what, if I'd not had one stellar, I don't think that would have made me laugh. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. yeah, and it made me fall in love with him as well. And I, I love him dearly to this day. I'm always happy to see him show up in something. And this was just what a way to announce yourself. Amazing. Uh, uh, like you need to ask, Timothy Oliphant, is Todd Gaines? Yeah. yeah, 100% speak, whatever. Brilliant. Love him. Uh, right then, Chris, what would you change? in this movie just look at what I've written down it's kind of what we're saying but I've not really thought it through I just the Vegas sequence I like
like. It's, I think the problem is the characters. I think if we had more interesting... They don't all have to be likeable. Mm. I'm not saying I want likeable characters, but that journey with them this time, I enjoyed a lot less than maybe when I was watching it when I was 21. And that thought, made you go to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. this guy's fucking That's brilliant. That's how powerful it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, as a, as a, as a slightly older man, um, <laughs> I'm thinking that this would just be a better section if the characters uh, were, were more well-rounded and interesting in the way that the characters before and after them are. Yeah. So you'd change the Vegas section to have more interesting characters in V, what's your most valuable whatever? Sounds shit when you say it like that. I know, I, I'm sorry. I, really, <laughs> right. I made it sound really fucking boring. I mean, I, I literally said exactly what you said. <laughs> what would I change? Yes. So well, Yes, obviously. Um, what would you change? So, I, given that Ronna doesn't Nothing. take... Nothing. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Given that Ronna doesn't take any drugs, right? Yeah. Even though she's established as someone that takes quarters, whatever that is. Um, she's never done drugs before. She's got no idea of the rules yeah. rather than being like, fuck it, I'm going to break the rules. So she should be this sort of ingenue, this quite naive woman that is like, I don't know what a drug deal is like. I've got no idea. So when she dumps Claire, there's more comedy to be had there because she's got no idea what she's getting into. And then she slowly realises the seriousness of the situation. But she's very cold and she's very, which is all right, but she's very knowing and she does all these things. But wouldn't it be more comedic if she had no idea what she was doing? Possibly. Yeah. I think it would. Yeah. So that's what I would do. But then you've got, you've got, like Chris was saying at the start about like August writing the script to have a bit of everything in, and you've got that with Zach and Adam. So it's like he was, he was trying to sell a script with everything. But yeah, I, I do see what you mean. I just love Sarah Polly's performance in this because it is such a good performance. And mm. it's so, I like how self sufficient and not like, oh, fish out of water she is. Yeah. I, I quite like, just like this, like, like I said, cutthroatness about her. It's a really appealing thing that she's likeable, yeah. and yet she is so cutthroat. Mm-hmm. But she sort of gets her comeuppance for being that cutthroat by being hit by the car. So she gets sort of her... And also, is the ending satisfying? Because it's fine, because of the film it is. But when they're in the car, Katie Holmes is like, did you get the money? Yeah, I got the money. It's all fine. It's like, but there, there is a drug dealer who's still mad at you. And is it is it enough that he saw you got knocked over and he now doesn't want his pills or his money back? Like, oh, because Katie Holmes kind of shagged po- him. It's kind of the point in the film, though, that, that he has said is that he wanted to make a film where the characters didn't learn anything mm. yeah. didn't improve and were back to square one or maybe even a worse situation yeah. at the end of the movie okay um and i think there's something to be said for that because every film obviously does send you on a journey where people learn have you done your change change no i'm gonna do it right now uh, gonna, and then i'm gonna repeat it uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll struggle to make this one boring uh, <laughs> jay diggs's character standing up in the sunroof of the car in the alley firing a gun at the strip club owner's vehicle is a, a cool scene looking wise he, that's murder it's attempted if, murder if, yeah. if he actually shoots them and he, like he's trying to hit them i was like it just took me out of the movie i'm like the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. you are also, Marcus, the sensible one. If anyone's going to do that, it should be Simon. And why are you trying to kill people? I was like, that will escalate this situation quite a lot. <gasps> I forgot one of my changes. Kill Simon. <laughs> Definitely. Shoot him in the arm. No. When he's messing about with the gun. God, bang. he's so annoying. <laughs> bang. Yeah. yeah, blows his I, face I off. I shot Marvin in the yeah, face. Shot but myself with Simon. in the face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, then. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. 
Great. Uh, it's time for, for the, the verdict. verdict. <laughs> well done, Vicky. That was so quick. You yeah. nailed it. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. All right. So now, listen. I haven't really written anything because I just, I just, it's just oh, gilded in the lily. Just do so it. I'm just gonna do it. So I'm gonna go first. And all I've written is, um, it's Pulp Fiction. I'm not gonna mess about. Okay. I'm sorry, but I'm, like, what do I do? Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna say a bit more, but I'm gonna, I, I, I am gonna justify because I don't want this to be just me being arch. So, oh, for fuck's sake! I obviously. <laughs> I genuinely, I've thought, I, I analysed this because I knew you, Chris, especially would be like, oh, you can't. Pulp Fiction is a great film. It's a groundbreaking mm. film, a film that Go wouldn't exist without. However, it's just respect and admiration that I have for it. I don't connect with it on an emotional level. I never have. And maybe uh, because of these two films, while I'll never be a gangster, a boxer who throws a fight, uh, or fingers crossed, trapped in a sex dungeon, <laughs> I, I can relate to the characters in Go. And when I was watching it almost daily, I was as close to those <laughs> characters as a person can be. Uh, but I do want to be clear, this is not a nostalgia vote. Uh, for me, Go is the movie <clears throat> I enjoy more of these two movies. I'm not just being contentious. I really do love Go more than I love Pulp Fiction. I accept that. I think that's fair reasoning. Like, that's all right. So, Chris, do you want to say more than Pulp Fiction or should we just move on? Do you want to go pub? Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Great, then we. Do you want to, yeah, that's it. Of course. Why bother? Yeah. Why bother? Uh, yeah, so. Even even you know. Deep no, down. I, I don't. I don't, and I will. <laughs> don't gaslight me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. I am sorry. Come on, let's go. Let's go get you a glass of warm nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and let's double drop. Uh. Let's, let's go introduce you to ecstasy. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, uh, right then. Uh, so we have a winner, and that is Go. Uh, yeah, I'm playing my. It's a new thing. Uh, it's my yeah. once in a lifetime Clash Joker card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which overrules the verdict. You both have one too. Oh no! Nice. But our I winner this week I love it. is Go. Great. No, the, no, the winner has to be the Joker. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we have a winner. It's um, uh, oh, something, called, let's something called Pulp Fiction. Uh, don't forget, you can have your say and tell us how right or wrong you think we got it on the listener poll when it goes up on Twitter at ClashPod. Next week, the clue Chris gave on Monday was... Ooh, watching the people get Larry. Not very pretty, I tell thee. Walking to town is quite scary. <laughs> One bottle of Stella. <laughs> right, what are we doing? Well, that's from the song I Predict a Riot. Because yeah. I do, because we are doing Do the Right Thing and La Haine. Okay. That's Do the Right Thing and La Haine, yep. which I've never seen. Mm. A first time watch. Great. Exciting. Uh, I'm sorry not to be here yep. for that week, uh, but have a great show. I'll miss you both. Uh, in the meantime, if you haven't done already, please do subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we will be back. I say we. These guys will be back on Monday next week talking which movie came first. Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing. See you then. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 